0: Hello everyone and welcome back or welcome to the Everyday Podcast where we focus on resettlement, mindset and motivation. Today I'm joined by Rosie Anderson. Rosie helps businesses attract and retain cybersecurity, engineering and defence talent within highly regulated industries such as rail, defence and financial services. Rosie looks into a number of solutions to increase business diversity, including women in cyber and a military hire program, both with training included. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, Jack.
0: So I gave you a a brief introduction, but you know yourself more than I know you. So do you want to tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Yep, so I've worked in recruitment for 15 years now, pretty much all of that time for one company. Um, We do a lot of work with ex-military, so my background was recruitment in defense, and then I've worked in cyber recruitment for the last five years. Um, I do a lot of work with, like I say, ex-military talent and helping them either make that transition into cybersecurity or make that transition out of military uh, into civilian careers. So happy to be here, happy to help.
0: So for someone like me who has no idea what cybersecurity is, okay. what is cybersecurity?
1: Okay, so any business or any anyone uh, that is connecting to the internet is connecting to cyberspace. So your mobile phone, for example, um, obviously now that it's no more than just for making and receiving phone calls, is a, a threat risk. Any businesses or, uh, that are trading online or taking payments online are subject to cyber threats. But you also need to think about critical national infrastructure. So now that rails are electric and have Wi-Fi, they are a threat risk. Same for planes. You've got Wi-Fi. So anything that can be connecting and sending messages into cyberspace is in that area. So cyber security careers aren't just hackers. So there are people that go into a business and make them understand their risk, for example. There are are people that help defend and people who attack for money, obviously get good hackers. Uh, good pen testers that are paid to go into a business and try and get in physically through the networks, or even social engineering to get into a business and, and pick up a laptop, pretending to be for my team, for example. So there's so many different career options. It's not all amazingly technical. There is the strategy and risk piece as well, um, and it is a great career, which is why there's a big push now to get women, ex-military, people from all backgrounds into
0: cyber. And why do you think there is such a strong market for... Um, X-Forces in particular.
1: So when you think about the experience that X-Forces have, they're working with massive estates of technology. Um, they're working with threats. Uh, okay, it might not be cyber threats, it's military threat, but they understand that risk principle. And at the same time, they're working with, like say, massive estates of technology. It is highly regulated, so being able to then transfer that is also makes sense. And the amount of risk, because if you're going into battle cyberspace is a battle, it's a battle that we're trying to win every day, um, there's a big push, or, or we see, particularly to get into cyber, people who've worked in the signals or people who've worked in electronic warfare, it's not a massive leap from that technology into cyber security.
0: And that's what I was going to say, For my naivety says, yeah, if you've been in the, the Royal Signals or if you've been, um, I only know electronic warfare from mm-hmm. the Navy and they deal with like secret squirrel stuff, yeah. and that's how I, that's all I know about it really. Is it open to anyone or do do those people in those particular niches have a better chance?
1: So that wouldn't be as much of a leap straight away, um, but it is open to anybody. So I placed somebody who'd been a project manager in the Navy, nothing to do with technology, he just managed projects. I think he came from a logistics background and we placed him through our bench resource programme into a professional services organisation. They wanted a project manager that they could train in security, and we provided them with additional training over that period, and also the support to transition to professional services. I think what you need to think about when you're thinking about what you want to do next, what do you enjoy, what are your transferable skills? So if you're managing projects within military, or you're managing uh, squadrons, or you're managing logistics, they are still project management skills that can transfer. Technical skills can be learned. And obviously you get your learning credits, you get your amounts of money, which you can then use. I think, have you got a three year period to use that? You don't have to do it whilst you join your I think settlement. it's
0: 10 years, but that might, I think that's changed now. yeah, but yeah you've got but a, you good, chunk got a good chunk of
1: time to do it. Um, and it's, it's recognized. Uh, so you then get the technical skills as well. So depending on what area of security you want to go into, there's certain qualifications that are more recognized. So if you wanted to go into pen test, for example, do your OSCP or do your Czech um, tech, uh, qualifications because they're more technical.
0: Is there any courses, um, you've mentioned to that I think, but you see so many courses advertised in magazines now yeah. and, it, and it has turned into a bit of a, a money-making industry. Yeah. What are the common mistakes you see on people's CVs and you know they've done that course and it's, it's not worth that much? We
1: don't really do GDPR. <laughs> um, it's really oversubscribed, it's not that technical. And CEH um, would give you an understanding of your pen test, but there's no technical element to that. So do something like your OSDP. CISP is well regarded. It's it's quite a hard exam. I think there's a, a, a hundred multiple choice questions, it might even be a thousand multiple choice questions. There's definitely one zero zero at the beginning, there might be another. Yeah. Um, your CISM or your uh, CRISC or CRISC as it's pronounced is good if you want to go into risk and strategy. Um, any of the Crest courses are well regarded But they're expensive But obviously get your learning credits Most people go and do like the Crest Threat Intelligence course where you're there for a week And it's an intensive course But as a military veteran You can go into a military lab So I'm pretty sure you get access to that for free You can practice exams On things like cyberry So you can't do the exam for free But you can practice questions for free um, There's loads of really good free resources There's something called PeerList which is like an online community, it's very much global but for security, there's loads of advice and guidance on there, and AFSIA, not many people know about AFSIA, um, so AFSIA is an ex-military network, all of the talks about cyber, they meet the first Thursday of every month in London, there's a chapter in Cheltenham that meets the third Thursday of every month, and there's a chapter in Blanford. Um, i not sure, that might be the second, all of the talks about cyber and businesses like PwC and BA applied go. I think it's £30 a ticket and you get fed and watered, and it's always in, in London, it's like in Henry the wine cellar or the Naval Club. Mm. You don't have to be an officer to go to, anybody can go. But it's a great networking community that's specifically for ex military.
0: And the businesses and organisations see the, the uh, potential and forces people in regards to cyber security.
1: Definitely. So we get requests all the time, we, we like people with ex-military backgrounds, okay, you might need to work on some of the softer skills if you're going into professional services.
0: I was going to say, is that, what's the, is that the biggest sort of mistake people make in terms yes. of... Yes,
1: so going to the interview thinking, what can I bring, what value can I bring to this company, and show that you're passionate. Mm. So I know it's, you can come across as being quite reserved sometimes, or being quite corporate, show your personality in those interviews and what you can bring, big yourself up. Um, there is loads of advice and guidance on our website so like typical interview questions competency based questions that you might get asked to prepare for and I know I think you spoke with Claire last week Um, Claire and myself are always happy to have a chat with uh, with people to help them with interview questions that's something that we can do
0: Can I ask Claire a similar question Um, when you're scrolling through LinkedIn Mm -hmm. I imagine you've spent a lot of time on that yeah, Um, I (laughs) can mute. what jumps out to you when you see someone with an ex-forces sort of profile?
1: So I look at what they've been doing um, and I probably read their profile first, so what they would say is their key achievements. So we're not always looking for officers or, you know, um, higher ranks, it depends on what the candidate's been doing. If they've got a technical background, okay, does your profile say where you want to go? Um, I get a lot of people that send me their CV and say, does this make sense? Mm -hmm so it can be a very militarized cv you need to think about the transferable skills so if if you've worked you've been in a role where you have to engage with officers commands and lower ranks that is stakeholder management experience so what we get asked for particularly at a management level is people who understand how to either translate risk upwards and downwards and be able to translate uh, or bridge that gap between different levels of stakeholders and different technical knowledge that is a massive skill that military do have being able to have technical briefings one star two star etc they are good things to put on there Um, I look at what somebody's done I kind of have a bit of knowledge of military ranks and, and what people would have done but think if I was speaking to maybe not my wife my child's teacher uh, who wouldn't necessarily understand the military life. Would they understand what I'm doing? Or, obviously, I appreciate the sensitivity sometimes, you can't tell them all those things, um, and being able to explain that. So managing people, uh, or managing technology, or working sort of deep down in the technical, designing networks, designing systems, these are things that we look for from a side to side
0: It's really nice to hear that, you know, you're not, not you in particular, but recruiters aren't looking for a certain rank and a yeah. certain senior, seniority. Um, Because I think that is sometimes, when you see like cyber security project manager, it it sounds quite quite a hefty sort of role in it and it it comes with quite a lot of responsibility but you're taking the rank off the table, it sounds like in terms of if you you can do the job, we don't care if you are the the lowest of the low or the highest of the high. So the uh,
1: professional services organisations are not always looking for the highest rank Mm -hmm. because. The highest rank is going to have a pay grade and you're going to be coming out of military and the military benefits and the um, children's education allowance and going into consultancy ranks. So consultancy ranks have pay rates as well, so there's senior associate, there's manager. To get to a senior manager in a professional services organisation, you're going to have a business development target on your head of probably about half to a million pounds you're not going to get that, you're not going to have that experience already from military. So you're going to be coming in at manager grade, which can be anywhere from 50 to 80K, 80K being the very top end. Um, so it's not always going to be the senior officers that they're looking for, it's the experience, the passion, being able to know your work and what you're going to bring, and being passionate to learn as well. So we look for what are you doing in your own time, so what are you doing with the military credit. Um, it would always give me a bit of an alarm bell that somebody's kind of not started to use that credit, and so they're ready to leave because obviously you get a big resettlement period and I appreciate sometimes you're on assignment or you're on operations and you can't but you need to understand before you make that jump what you're coming out to do so that's where your networking is really important so whether it's actually networking whether it's going to like a secret Expo just to see what's happening they have them in Bristol they have them in London um, whether it's going to, if you want to get into cyber security, there's loads of meetups all the time. Every city has meetups, so I'm in Manchester, um, and we have quarterly meetups that we run, skillset. Um, But there's London, Bristol, all the major cities have monthly meetups where you can go and understand, okay, what is this cyber security? It doesn't mean anything to me. There's loads of podcasts that I've done. um, There's loads of podcasts out there, how to get in, or or what what does it mean?
0: How would someone find those meetups? Is just simply uh, Googling them? Meetup.com?
1: App, meetup.com. Meetup.com, although there's a bit of hoo at the moment because they're going to start to charge uh, like a pound to attend. Um, but Meetup.com, Eventbrite, all the things but cyber security meetups near me. So you get your B-side conferences there in pretty much every major city, although they're up there annually. In Sheffield, you get Steelparn use um, so Cyber UK which is going to be I'm not sure if it's going to be March or April but it's going to be in Wales this year if you have a government email or a MOD email you can get a free ticket they only put out about 2,000 tickets Okay. Um, so when that gets it'll probably be the end of the year that'll be advertised have a look at that so that is the military uh, or, or the government cyber conference um, and that is like say it's free for government employees or MOD employees
0: so just around all that Awesome valuable yeah. information. No, if you were in someone's shoes, they've seen cyber security, they've, they, they've got a bit of an idea about it, where would be like the one to three places you would start or recommend them starting?
1: If they're looking for find out more or to find yeah, a job?
0: Yeah, right. Find out more and then find a job. Okay. So
1: to find out more, I would have a look at. Um, so Crest is a great website, it's got a YouTube channel where it's a day in the life of. So, there's a day, a day in the life of a pen tester, a day in the life of a threat hunter. They're short, snappy videos that kind of give you an idea of people who made that transition. There are, I'd have a look at meetups or events I can go to locally, um, even like the B-sides. The tickets are £5, but the ticket drops are really quick. Listen to some podcasts like this, this is a great resource. Um, and go to, if you're ex-military, I, I'd see if there's an AFSI meeting near you. So, for example, the next meeting in Cheltenham, I'm pretty sure Chris Moore is talking, um, and that's on the third Thursday of next month.
0: November.
1: Um, November, yeah. I have to think what month we're in. Um, and the next meeting for AFSIA in London is the Home Office are talking about the VIVACE programme and how they're using that to innovate. So it's things that you would understand, yeah. um, you've probably got more knowledge about than I have, um, and it's a great way. She's talking <laughs> about whoever's listening, not yeah. me. <laughs> Um, And they're a great way to kind of go to an open, friendly environment and ask some questions. When you go to B-Sides and you're a newbie, as we call it, everybody's so friendly. I think the great thing about the cyber community, and even on Twitter, is if you ask a question um, and you're there seeking information, not to be controversial, but because you want to learn, people are so open and welcoming. So they will be the first three things to find out more. And then when you've decided, okay, I want to go down a tech route or a non-tech route or a management route or a risk route, then have a look at the qualifications that you want to do. So for pen test, I would look at something like the OSCP, but first of all, I would go on to Cybury. Um, I would go on to Hub. I'd start learning my craft, I'd get home a laptop. Um, Vulnhub is like pretty much a minimal amount of charge per month, but you can, you can hack businesses or hack websites ethically okay. in a safe environment don't start you know trying to break into your local business that you're not a fan of or your local takeaway um and then i would go through that accreditation process some businesses will hire people with training so if they know you're ex-military um, they will hire you and put you on a training program for where you want to go have a look at your ctp events have a look at SCX Pro and then speak to a recruiter you know, always happens to speak to people who are making that transition and I tend to talk to people about two years before they're leaving so they can start thinking about what's out there. You can have a look at the local jobs, who's hiring um, and what would be a great employer for you and make contacts. Yes. Most businesses, most big businesses, particularly public sector and critical national infrastructure, so that's oil, gas, electricity, water, um, telecoms businesses would class as that as well, will have an ex-military programme that they want to hire you for. Um, But yeah, or engage with a recruiter. Or do that as well.
0: Thank you very much. I'll link some of those. I'll listen back and link some of them in there. I can send you the links as well. Yeah, that would be even better. Um, Anything else you're working on or want to mention while we're here? So
1: we have two programmes running. So we have a military hire programme, which is, most people will have heard of FDM. So... Our programme is similar, um, you get paid a fair salary and we would put you on project with a client. So you would still interview with that end client that so would be a business that would be wanting to hire you and you would want to work for. And during that period of time, you would have an ongoing training programme, but you would still be working and earning a fair salary at the same time um, for a period of 12 months. And the end goal being at the end of that 12 months, you can transition to that organisation Um, or you can think actually no I've got my experience I'm going to look at what else is in the marketplace now for me so that's one scheme that we run and then we also run a women into cyber program so there are businesses that want to hire more women military women are very much included in that Um, and this program can also be run if a business wants to hire a military talent where you would have a 12 week training program you would earn about 8 qualifications in cyber security during those 12 weeks so it would be very intense um, and then you transition to a business, um, and be employed as a cyber consultant. Those training programs are more for technical. So going into pen test or threat hunt or instant response or stock analyst roles. Um, but that's another program that we're running at the moment. Ah, oh,
0: fantastic. And last but not least, if anyone wants to reach out, where's the best yeah, place I'm on LinkedIn.
1: to do so? My email is randerson at outsource-uk.co.uk. I'm always on LinkedIn. I don't always answer within 24 hours, uh, but I will always get back to people.
0: Okay, well thanks very much. No worries, thank you.